You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, hello again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, January the 17th, and this is your latest version of the Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining me this morning is, again, Canada's favorite fisherman, Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Happy to be here. I'm in uh, northern Argentina fishing for uh, Golden Dorado in a place called La Zona, which is a very, very special fishing place. And happy to say I bagged a 35-pounder this morning. Uh, of course, always catch and release, just so everybody knows, but I've uh, been having a good time and feel a little bit out of touch, but uh, happy to share some thoughts on what's going on in the market. So let me get this straight. You're catching golden fish? Golden Dorado. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Gold and silver surrounds you, Eric, and it has been a very good week. We have a lot to talk about, uh, and I want to point out to everybody before we get started a couple of things. With Eric technically on vacation, we have a list of stocks that we're probably not going to be able to get to today, but we'll hold those for next week. Additionally, it is always important to note that Sprott Money, your sponsor of these calls, is a fantastic gold and silver bullion dealer. One of the specials we have in January focuses around the Chinese New Year and the Year of the Rat. Treat your friends, your family, even yourself to some beautifully crafted bullion and collectible coins, including the hugely popular one-half kilo silver Lucky Dragon. I could use one of those. We sold out of those babies last year, so get them while they're hot. You can visit SprottMoney.com or, of course, call 888-861-0775 to see the full product selection for the Chinese New Year. And prices are going higher, Eric. They tried to kind of run down earlier this week, but it's not how you begin the week that matters. It's how you end it. And uh, we look to be finishing strong. What do you think? Well, it's been uh, most impressive because uh, after the big sell-off of the the one-day war, uh, you might have thought that people would take it, the the commercials would take advantage of that. And I think maybe they got it down to 15, 36, something in that area. But it's rebounded very, very nicely, trading now around, as we chat, around 1550. Uh, I think it probably goes through 1560. It would, uh, would maybe have a new closing high. I'm not sure what the closing high is, but I think we're kind of close to it these days. And I think the most impressive thing is watching the other metals these days, and I'm specifically thinking about uh, palladium, platinum, rhodium, and uh, the kinds of moves that they're putting on here. And, of course, as you and my friend David Jensen has pointed out in the case of Palladium, it's now a market, even though it trades on the COMEX, that anybody on the COMEX knows that they don't dare short it because there's a physical shortage of Palladium. And so what happens to Palladium when there's a physical shortage? I've seen at least two days this week, including today, when it's up around 3% each day. And uh, it looks like platinum's getting in gear here. We're, we're north of a thousand. Uh, we've and silver looks like it's coming to life a little. It had uh, it's, I think it was up twenty cents a left when I looked today, so it's up a, a solid one percent. Uh, so the metals, uh, in terms of the prices, are impressive. Uh, as you were talking about spread money, I was, gee, I wish I I wish we had an office in Germany because uh, the coin dealers over there have sold out all gold products because the government, of course, is uh, changing the rule that you can only now buy, I think it's 2,000 euros worth of gold and not have to uh, provide uh, identification. And 
was 10,000 uh, euros. And it could be these pictures of lineups at, at uh, bullion dealers, and the guys have been basically wiped out of product because there's that many people in Germany that uh, would like to purchase it before the, uh, the rules are changed. Um, so we're seeing, and even the, I think the first mint, I think I mentioned last week that the first mints of December were crazy. And they, they did attribute it mostly to uh, the people in Germany who were uh, looking for sources of uh, physical metal. So that's been a, a great sign of, of what can happen. Can you imagine if we were sitting here and we saw people lined up to buy gold and silver in North America? Now, wouldn't that be an interesting headline? And, and, if that, and of course, the, the more important headline would be, well, there is none. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that there's every opportunity in the world of that happening. We've seen it in Palladium. Uh, we might be getting close in, uh, in time. Rhodium looks like we're, in, we're certainly in that situation. So I don't think we're too far from physical shortages now affecting themselves. You mentioned those other metals, Eric, and I think this is important because it doesn't appear that Fed policy is changing this year. The repo crisis isn't going away. Now there's talk of a big massive tax cut, which means there's going to be more debt for the Fed to monetize as we go through the year. And now it appears that we're starting to catch a bid across the commodity sector. You mentioned palladium, platinum moving up to two-year highs. Kind of the rising tide lifts all boats in this case, wouldn't you say? Well, it looks that way. And I think that uh, the average investor, and maybe I should not do the average investor, but it might be more the sophisticated investor, including the institutions, realize that everyone's debasing the currency. I mean, whether it's in Japan or the EU or now in North America, it's obvious the currency just are being treated like trash. And uh, there's no better uh, offset to that than, than owning the physical metals. And I think it's going to start to, it's starting to bite here. So it, it could be, get to be quite an exciting year as time goes on. Eric, I want to point this out to you too before we talk about uh, some of the your favorite miners. I had noticed... Back in October, you know, that's when the Fed started their repo and QE programs. But on October the 15th, the HUI, the HUI, bottomed at 200. Before it moved to 240, that's a move of 20%. Well, October 15th is about the time when the majors began their earnings releases for the third quarter. Well, guess what? It, we, just this week, we had January 15th, and those majors have begun re- reporting earnings again. I would think we're probably set up for a good move if you look at, look at it that way. I would hope so. And one of the things that has been true in my life in the gold business, the majors haven't really come through as much as you might have anticipated. It's, it's more likely to happen in the intermediates and juniors. I was just even looking at Barrett's production, even the new combined company, the average annual production with 5.5 million ounces, 5.6, something like that. And I think, boy, they were producing more than that 10 years ago. And now they made a merger, and they're still only producing 5.5. But certainly with the the price of gold where it is, uh, the feeling that the prices could go a lot higher, some of these uh, recommendations. I saw the Bridgewater recommendation that uh, uh, gold, they projected that gold would go north of $2,000. Well, you know, gold goes to $2,000, pretty well any producer possibly here in the world would double their earnings. So you could imagine that uh, you could get a 100% move in, in that stock price over the next 12 months. So uh, there's lots of opportunities in there. One thing that I probably should talk about is 
we, the open interest keeps going up. We went through 800,000 contracts in, uh, in gold, uh, which came down overnight. Um, but it's almost as though these shorts are trapped here. It's just they just can't extricate themselves from this position that there's a steady flow uh, that are willing to, uh, to take on new contracts. And, of course, every time somebody new comes in to buy a contract, the commercials are almost forced to sell it to them because there really are no sellers other than them. And the open interest keeps rising. I don't know when, you know, somebody at one of those banks, because they're down something like 5 or $6 billion, but somebody running the banks, and, hey, guys, I think we better get out of here. And, of course, once, once one of them uh, turns turns on the rest of the gang, it could be uh, all healthy directly. So that, we have that to look forward to as well. Absolutely. It's going to be a very interesting year. We've referred to palladium as kind of that canary in a coal mine or perhaps a palladium magic bullet for lack of physical supply uh, affecting the paper markets. Maybe that has begun to play out this year. It's certainly interesting to watch. It won't go straight up, that's for sure. But it is certainly working in our favor. Eric, I want to ask you about some news on some of the stocks we often follow. Like I said, we'll get back to business as usual and getting to some of the listener questions next week. Uh, I know you've got a couple things you want to mention on uh, Kirkland Lake and maybe Jaguar. Well, the only news on Kirkland is that the, the, these uh, services that uh, come up with recommendations for institutions, ISS and Glass-Lewis, have both come out and, and suggested that the shareholders vote in favor of the merger with uh, D2 Gold. So that came out like a couple of days ago. Uh, so that's good news. Um, I, I think it's a bit of a toss-up whether it goes through. I'm sure the Kirkland shareholders will vote for it. Whether or not the Detour shareholders will vote for it, I, I'm not certain because I'm not as close to Detour as I am to Kirkland. And, and there's fairly concentrated ownership in Detour, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. But uh, as, as I've already expressed, I would very much want the... Uh, merger to go forward, and of course, as this price of gold got up here, one of the primary beneficiaries is due to gold. And speaking of primary beneficiaries, I was going to talk about two other stocks, one was Jaguar, yep. another one called Grand Columbia. And uh, Jaguar, of course, had almost been bankrupt about six months ago, uh, is a major uh, beneficiary of gold going higher, they do produce sort of well, they're producing right now about eighty ounces. I think the projection is or their hope is that they can get to something like I think the official number is like eighty six to ninety four this year, but hopefully they'll do a little better than that. And uh, between the price going up by let's say one hundred and fifty dollars year over year and the production going up, you can see uh, very significant uh, earnings turnarounds here. So. Uh, that's acted very well since uh, we and Toto did a placement of eight and a half cents trading at 25 cents today. But I think the earnings, again, uh, will look pretty interesting. Uh, same thing with Grand Columbia. They are, they're in, have, have mines in Columbia. They're actually about a 240,000 ounce a year producer. I have this metric that I use that every 100,000 ounces of Production should should give you a market cap of about 400 million. Well, that would imply close to a billion dollars market cap. I think the market cap right now is around uh, 300 million. A Canadian, Canadian. I'm talking U.S. when I say a billion or 400 
400 million per 100,000 ounces. So, um, and, and of course, that's going to hold even more with the price of gold going up. Probably, I probably should be using a higher metric now, but both of those, uh, Jaguar and the Grand Columbia, uh, probably should have uh, special fourth quarters here, so uh, people should be watching for the releases from those two companies. One, one more thing about Kirkland Lake. If the, if the merger does go through, how soon typically does Kirkland or the detour production begin lumped in with Kirkland Lakes and you begin to see those numbers combined? Well, of course, immediately, right? I mean, we'll, we'll see it immediately. Uh, you know, if it closes, let's say, at the end of January, we'll get the first two months, uh, sorry, the, the second two months of the quarter. And, of course, the fact that the price has gone up, one, and two, the fact that Kirkland, which now has, uh, what is it, $800 million of cash in the balance sheet, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that, that Detour didn't have, they, they, don't, they never had access to easy cash, you know, where you could go out and do some exploration or buy some new equipment and, you know, almost get a little frivolous with your money. But, uh, but Kirkland has that kind of money, and I'm sure they're quite prepared to throw it at the Detour operation. And... Uh, get production turned around here or improved here. Not that it's bad, it's, it's good. But uh, I think throwing some money at that operation will have a pretty quick impact on uh, on operations going forward. And one last question, Eric. I saw some stuff on my site this week about your involvement and uh, Dr. Hennig and Novo Resources' involvement in a company called Kalamazoo. Can you mention, talk about that? Well, Kalamazoo is listed in uh, Australia. It has a property uh, south of Fosterville, south and a little bit west of Fosterville, and I think it's maybe about 35 kilometers away, something like that. Um, but it was suggested by Quinton, Dr. Hannon, that uh, they had an intersection, I'm just going down there, something like 1.4 meters of, I think it was 150 grams of gold, and it was kind of a Fosterville-like intersection, and of course it's in the area. And so, uh, of course, I had a great admiration for Clinton, and uh, he was pointing it out to me, and uh, the, the fact that the company needed Kalamazoo needed some money, and uh, looking forward to a Fosterville kind of like uh, drill result uh, moving forward here. Fair enough. All right, my friend, I probably uh, should let you go get back to your fishing trip. Um, before we go, though, I do want to point out that one of the regular features that we have at Sprott Money is our Ask the Expert segment. I know a lot of folks listened to you last month, Eric, when you were the expert back in December. You can find those segments on the SprottMoney.com website. You click on the Insights tab in the navigation bar, and it's right there. Something else you'll find is the Ask the Expert segment for this month, January. I had the pleasure of visiting a couple of days ago with Gerald Salenti. Noted trends researcher and analyst, and it was a fascinating conversation. So go to SprottMoney.com, check the Insights tab, scroll down, and you'll find Ask the Expert both last month with Eric and this month with Gerald Salenti. Eric, get back to work. Go catch yourself some dinner. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, thanks, thanks for the good luck, and uh, maybe I can bring back another big one. Let's hope so. That sounds like a winner. All right, thank you. Have a great weekend. Have good luck fishing. And from all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Friday.